Profit is not cash. I'm conscious saying I'm going to launch a Facebook ad today. Everyone can only handle three things. I feel like we need to stop putting ourselves in restrictions. What do you actually want out of your business? You're listening to Forest FM, the salon business show with your host, Zoe Below Springer. For your industry, by your industry. If you're a salon owner listening to this, my first question is actually to you, listening, and not the guest you'll have the pleasure to hear from shortly. Fundamentally, it's a simple one. What's your default leadership style? Or in other words, how do you typically show up for your team and lead them towards your shared definition of success? Are you the type of leader that is strategic, that operates on policies, procedures, processes, and clearly defined goals? Do you find yourself to be more democratic, the type to use surveys and questionnaires to get feedback from staff before making any major decisions so that regardless of what move the salon makes, your team feels involved? Are you more of a coach where your goal is to pinpoint your team's greatest talents or capabilities and point their efforts in the right direction, building their competence and confidence in the same breath? Or did you shift towards transformational or even servant leadership in the recent years, putting others first and making sure everyone on the team is happy? Taking it one step further, I even encourage you to think about why that seems to be your default leadership style. Where does that stem from? And more importantly, is it reflective of your values and how you want to show up in the world? Because here's the thing, not all types of leadership focus on the same benefits. Maybe you prioritize emotional intelligence, EQ. Maybe you prefer to focus on growth. Not one leadership style is, you know, fundamentally good or bad. But one thing's for sure, most employees don't like being told what to do, especially if you have a team full of A players or high performers. Of course, telling people what to do is, well, you know, kind of a big part of being a leader. So what it becomes about is understanding and working around your staff's feelings. Your best bet, usually, is to be flexible, to adjust as necessary. And what a theme after these two tumultuous years. Today's guest specializes in visionary leadership, a management style that's forward-facing and inspires others to pursue a common future. And through Be Inspired to Lead, she works directly with salon owners and their employees to help implement best business practices and achieve longevity and productivity in their salons. A strong believer in community involvement, she also frequently facilitates classes on building strong business systems and assists to create a positive culture for continued success. So what I've noticed in the last few years at Avalon uh, is that it's very strange. It's like the employees are getting older. We have very high retention. Our clients are getting older. And it was a real wake up call for me that, oh yeah, right. 20 years passed. I'm getting older too. (laughs) Oh no. I wanted to create, this was a dream that I'd had for four or five years now. And then when I got the boldness to pick up the salon instead of doing another remodel, but actually I was at the end of my lease. So it was an opportunity for me to exit stage left and go up the road into a really great location and build from the ground up. Um, Igniting original concepts to inspire my teams and myself um, to do greater work. I think we were all getting a little too comfortable. Um, It's about getting myself and my team unstuck so that we can think outside our comfort zone. 
Um, and, and really the reason for doing it is about growth and it's, it's about finding a new way to delight our guests. I really wanted to offer more options, not only for the clients, because I felt like there was no niche for teens and 20 somethings, a place that they could call their salon, right? Uh, it was almost like you have to go from great clips or or Floyd's to a full blown out salon spa. So I wanted to find uh, a high end salon created just for the younger set. The young people inspire the seasoned people and the seasoned people give them the, their techniques and their tips. And it's just, it's really cool to see that camaraderie. Bonnie Conte owns and directs Avalon, an Aveda salon spa in Lake Zurich and Crystal Lake, Illinois. That's not the only thing keeping her busy, though. She's currently serving a three-year term on the board of directors for the Professional Beauty Association, has completed serving a second term as president of the Lake Zurich Area Chamber of Commerce in December 2014, is an ambassador to new chamber members, and actively participates in networking groups. Her first salon, Avalon, because yes, there's a new one as of recent, but we'll talk about that more in depth throughout the conversation, employs a team of 50 trained professionals providing hair care, skin care, nail care, massage therapy, and makeup applications, and was voted Lake Zurich Chamber of Commerce Business of the Year for 2011, an award recognizing local businesses committed to serving their customers and their community. Bonnie and her team have also been recognized and celebrated in the Salon Today 200 Awards countless years in a row for Avalon's commitment to environmental sustainability, philanthropy, and other best business practices. So thanks for joining me on Forced FM, Bonnie. It's so good to have you on the show. I've been wanting to do this episode for quite some time now. Um, you know, we meet each other at events all the time, usually, you know, whether wherever that is in the world, really, you know, Europe or, you know, um, the US. Um, regardless, we always bump into each other. And because of COVID, it feels like it's been forever. And it has. So I'm really happy to be able to speak with you at least today. Thank you for having me today. And yes, I can't wait to catch up in person but this is a great second best for now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree. Um, so listen, when we talked about doing a Forest FM episode a couple weeks ago now, we were talking about your, uh, your recognition as a salon today, 200 Salon, and you were telling me how... You know, Avalon has been in business for like over 20 years and you've opened a baby sister salon now. And I was like, okay, we need to talk about this more. But I do want to take a second to say congratulations to you and the team on receiving the Salon Today 200 award once again this year, uh, which I think brings you on to an 18 year streak now. Yeah, this marks our 18th and it's all about the team. So yeah, it was, it's an exciting year. Every year you win the Salon Today 200 is a great year to celebrate for the whole staff. It's really a, the Salon Today 200 is all about um, me being able to commemorate everything that our team did mm. to be worthy of that award. It's kind of our diary for the year. Oh, that's amazing. I love to hear that. And honestly, 18 years in a row is such an accomplishment. Um, you've got quite a lot to be proud of, honestly. Thank you. Um, so in terms of, you know, diving into this specific topic, I'd love to hear your take on what visionary leadership 
means to you? Because when I was reading your bio, preparing the intro and all of that, that's something that comes across. Um, and I want to know, I guess, how you define it and how it shows up in your day to day, like in your business. Okay. Wow. That's a big one. Um, visionary leadership to me is about, um, igniting original concepts to inspire my teams and myself, um, to do greater work. So Vibe, our, our new company is a great example of that. Um, it, it makes us stretch ourselves professionally. Um, it's about getting myself and my team unstuck so that we can think outside our comfort zone. Um, and, and really the reason for doing it is about growth and it's, it's about finding a new way to delight our guests. And do you set like goals or specific kind of milestones in terms of like visionary leadership every year, or is it something that just is kind of overarching everything you do at all times anyways? Um, I'm a, I'm a big goal person and I spend a lot of time dreaming, but then I have to try to make those dreams become a reality. So usually I, I have our first all staff meeting. We do quarterly all staff meetings. Um, and it's usually at the January all staff meeting that I will reveal what some of the big goals are for the year and try to rally the team to get around it and to take those concepts and make them better. Maybe they'll come up when I, when I share my ideas for our big goals for the year, sometimes that gets them fired up and they have ideas that were better than my original ones. So we'll roll with uh, whatever the team gets most excited about. Right. So according to global management consulting firm McKenzie and Company, um, I was doing some research, obviously, for this episode. While 84% of CEOs believe that innovation is critical to growth, only 6% of CEOs are satisfied with their company's innovation performance. Now, obviously, as a visionary leader, um, I would assume that innovation is something that you value dearly, but I don't want to go off of my assumptions. So how important is innovation to you as a business owner? And on a scale of one to 10, how satisfied are you with the innovation you inject into your business ventures? Mm. So innovation, of course, is critical to future growth. And, um, Geez, the reality is I spend a lot of my time traveling to be inspired by innovation, whether it be through Aveda or Forest or serious business, data-driven, um, putting myself and my team, my leadership team into circles of those kind of people that are innovative thinkers help us get excited about what we're doing and be willing to make changes. So Oh, let's see. Small business that think they can continue to grow from an old concept, they, you know, they're going to realize that they're going to lose their customer base to other companies that are more innovative. So I, uh, let's see, to answer your question, I guess I'd give myself an eight for my recent boldness, <laughs> boldness <laughs> in taking innovation to a new level in my company. Uh, the addition of the Bar Cafe, which is now our guest waiting area, if you will, 
Um, oh my gosh, tell me more about that. Yeah, I would love gonna, to hear that. Yeah, I want you to come and see it. Um, and then also, so we did two big new innovative things. One was in our new location, we just moved our flagship earlier this year, 50 employees, 5,800 square feet, up the road a couple of miles into a brand new location. And, and with the new location, on either end of the salon, on one side, I created a new business called Vibe, mm-hmm. which is geared towards teens and 20-somethings. And then on the other side, um, we took our common waiting area, if you will, and, and I had this idea to make it a fun place for people to gather. So people love to gather at bars, right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, I put in this bar cafe. We did get our liquor license. So I would say that's a bold move. Um, (laughs) So we now can offer mimosas um, and I'm supporting local business. We have some craft beer companies that are in our area that we're offering their beers and wine. Oh my God, that sounds dreamy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now we're working on things like we're bringing in small plates. We're doing a muffin of the day. Uh, oh, we're nice. going to start doing uh, lattes and espressos. And I guess I want to say that we're not trying to jump on the Starbucks bandwagon, but what we're really trying to do is create a, a whole new experience for our guests. Mm. And how have the guests been reacting to that? I'm assuming very positively. It's huge. I just, I keep getting these things on Google's showing how many hits there have been on our, um, on our new images that we uploaded after we opened at the end of March. Yeah. Um, they love it. It's cozy. It's fun. I'm so not surprised. I'd be all over it if I was in the area. Um, but obviously, it's always great to get that feedback and to have it posted publicly, like on Google, like you're just saying, like, that's amazing. Um, obviously, that seems to be an idea, like a great idea that had a great outcome and a great reaction. In all of your years in business, can you recount a time where you had a good or even maybe a great idea Um that didn't go down as well as you thought it would be, you know, that not that it necessarily went bad, but um, just, you know, fell flat. And what was it? How did you bounce back? (laughs) How much time did you say we have today? (laughs) Uh, uh, Wow. In 20 years, you know, we've made a lot of mistakes or ideas that that we thought were going to be great and they just want, want, they just didn't work out. Mm. Um, Wow. I guess... The first one that was a wake-up call for me was doing what everybody else did when we opened the salon in 2001. You know, I uh, opened on commission like everybody else. Right. And, um, you know, what should the percentage be? Well, I did a study on, in my area, and I kind of went along with what the norm was. So a couple years into that, I believe that I, I created these hair monsters. <laughs> very greedy, lazy. Um, that's not my job. You're not paying me for that. Mm. I don't, I, you're not paying me to come to meetings. And so I really took a hard look at that. It was probably my first big mistake. And so, um, I'm, I'm not sure if you know this, but I did reinvent the salon and changed our compensation model to team-based pay. So that really works well in my company. Uh, We have high employee retention. 
if there is one of those hair dust bunnies on the floor, it's everybody's job to make sure it gets picked up. And we just support one another. So uh, that was uh, a fail that turned around. I guess another, uh, another big one that showed up in my 20 years was my idea of going into a partnership with mm-hmm. that can be someone that didn't sometimes. quite yeah you really have to have a shared vision and we were business partners for 10 years eventually i i bought them out but um it was another couple we had 10 really good years but it was just time for that relationship to end so i bought them out but um it was you know it was a good run and we grew the business over those years and uh, some really good ideas came up through our partnership together but it, it was it's not for everybody yeah <laughs> so yeah uh, true. that was that was tough and we got to the other side of it we landed and everybody's happy and uh things are moving forward yeah and they're moving fast also it seems they like are. you know especially this year coming back of covid all the things that you've been doing you were saying just there the the bar cafe like the the second baby sister salon like it's just it's a lot moving even just like the flagship location that alone would be a lot for anyone so yeah fair play <laughs> takes a village to do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so avalon the aveda salon spa you own and direct is 21 years in business this year it's a massive achievement um can you remember like we were talking about growth just earlier do you remember any of the main growth challenges that you had at like year five year 10 and year 20 do do you recall any of them? And if you do, like, do they seem to fall into a pattern? Like, is it kind of like similar challenges that come back again and again? Well, it would be so great if we would know what's right around the corner and what the next challenge is going to be. <laughs> um, right. It's hard yeah. to say after what's transpired in the last two and a half years. But um, while that's such a great question, Zoe, when I look back... So, you know, you're talking the incremental marks of 5, 10. And then I jumped to 20. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, trying to keep me on my toes. Uh, so, right. So we opened in 2001. And by 2006, our big challenge was maintaining consistency because we were going through rapid growth back then. Like, I remember 2007, whoo, everything was so great. We hit 3 million in one year, um, um, with one location. And so it was just, we didn't have time to think we were just doing, and, uh, we had really come together as a team back then. So it was just trying to keep that consistency while we were going through that growth. Um, and then our 10 year mark, we were in survival mode. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) so that was a, that was you know, the, the yin-yang approach, I guess, uh, we had survived the recession. We were just trying to get through it. Uh, 2008, November, things just went woof. <laughs> it's like, what yeah. just happened? And, uh, you know, we were just climbing out of a recession and we were starting to do a lot of cool things like... Um, um, working with our local chamber and doing a lot of eventing and really... Um, supporting other small business. So that's what we were doing then. And then, um, gosh, then jump forward 10 years and that puts us at 2021. So we were surviving again. And, uh, 
you know, any, any small business owner that has survived this, I just have so much respect for because uh, I'm not a highly emotional person, but I spent a lot of time crying in 2020 and my husband (laughs) had cancer in 2020. I was worried about both of my salon. And by the way, he's cancer free now and doing great, but boy, that was a scary year. And the, that combined with trying to keep two companies afloat and supporting the emotions of 60 employees, 10 at the little salon, 50 at the other, um, mm-hmm. yeah, there was just, whew, it was a lot. And dealing with the kids being homeschooled and Zoom calls and uh, the fear that our employees had about touching other people, the fear that our clients had about other people touching them, but really wanted to getting get their <laughs> services done. It was, you know, if you owned a salon spa in 2020, 2021, you know, it sucked to be us because we're in the business of touching people. So I'm so yeah, happy truly. we're about on the other side of that. Did you find like, obviously, you know, adding the personal side of things with your husband being sick um, was probably like a whole other level of of stress. But did you find like from a business, like solely business perspective, like having gone through the recession, like at that 10 year mark, did you find, did you find yourself like a bit more grounded and knowing like, well, if we've survived that 10 years ago, surely we'll survive this, you know? Was there like any kind of like comfort in that or, or not at all? And it was just, just as scary. It's interesting to hear your possible perspectives on that. Um, so uh, what we were doing in 2011 didn't even scratch the surface to what we were trying to deal with in 2021. Yeah. So um, it was just a blink of what, we've had to deal with in this last year. But I will say this, I think that my personal journey with my husband and his health helped me have more understanding and compassion for my team and for my employees and knowing that we just had to meet people where they're at Mm -hmm. and where they were on that day and just kind of support them through whatever it was they were going through. And uh, being hopeful for tomorrow Mm -hmm. and uh, just surviving the day. And just, uh, I'll tell you what, my team was so fantastic. And I wanted to be there to support them. And here they were. um, There were so many little things that were going on that they didn't even share with me because they knew the burden that I already had um, making my way over an hour every day, taking my husband to chemo, radiation, that kind of thing. Uh, They were just so fantastic. So yeah, it was rough, but here we are. That makes me really happy to hear, Bonnie. Like I've never owned a business myself, but, um, you know, I can see how much owners pour their souls and, you know, love and passion into their ventures and in their teams as well. And I can only imagine how great it feels to feel that love come back to you in in those harder times. For sure. Well, if you're up for it, I would love to uh, dive in and talk a bit more about your baby sister salon, Vibe, the new uh, baby sister salon right next to Aveda. (laughs) So my understanding of that and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, But my understanding is that Mm -hmm. it was in some way 
built to diversify uh, or even maybe attract an entirely new and different clientele to Avalon. What made you go for that strategy when, say, you could have also gone uh, the route of well, I'm changing location anyway, I'm moving my flagship salon and it's the 20th anniversary, so why not undergo a massive rebrand and open a second salon under the same name? What was the decision-making process behind that? So what I've noticed in the last few years at Avalon uh, is that it's very strange. It's like the employees are getting older. We have very high retention Our clients are getting older, and it was a real wake-up call for me that, oh, yeah, right, 20 years passed. I'm getting older, too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. But another thing that was, you know, just like a rude awakening for me is I would see these young people come in, and they would walk in, and I would watch their body language just kind of change, where I could see that they felt like they weren't in their comfort zone, right? That they were Mm -hmm. in their mom's salon. Um, And so there was a certain kind of music that was playing. Not that we play bad music. We play great music at Avalon. But it's not their music, right? And um, and so just I wanted to create – this was a dream that I'd had for – four or five years now. And then when I got the boldness to pick up the salon instead of doing another remodel, but actually I was at the end of my lease. So it was an opportunity for me to exit stage left and go up the road into a really great location and build from the ground up. And so Mm -hmm. I think that really gave me the uh, motivation to well, if I'm going to build a new Avalon, here's my one chance to create my own competition and to fulfill <laughs> another dream. So I decided, what the heck, let's try this. I mean, there's only, if it doesn't work, I'll make the smaller space. It's a little over 2,000 square feet, hair only. Um, and if it doesn't work out, it'll be my training center or something. But I really think there's just so many, so much excitement. I have a lot of stylists that, uh, have been with me for many years in Avalon. Can I work over and vibe a couple days a week? (laughs) Uh, no. All right. You have to choose your path. So you're asking me, what was my motivation to do it? So it was really, yes, to, um, to attract a whole new client base of people, the young young adults that are out there, and to give them an experience that will wow them just like we've been wowing their mom or their grandma for many years. And uh, you know, I don't want to say wow if you're if you're a teen you can't come to Avalon, but it's just offering a different option. Vibe is everything that Avalon is not. So um, vibe is super edgy. Like we do vibrant colors on both sides, but we do a lot more vibrant color in vibe. Um, right. We don't carry a Veda in vibe. It's uh, Amika, Hope Riot, and mm-hmm. we just opened our color. Um, we're doing color space. So we're just getting used to that. And it's, uh, we're having a lot of fun with it. And just creating that, my whole staff is like, we all just birthed a baby. It's so exciting. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How was the experience of opening Vibe like in the middle of a pandemic? Is there any <laughs> big challenges? <laughs> well, the biggest challenge I had with my build out, we opened about four months later than I had anticipated because for four months we were waiting for the flooring and I was right. pushed by a lot of people to just select a different kind of flooring, but I found this laminate floor that had a really nice cushion underneath it. The color scheme worked with everything else that I had already picked out. So I just decided, all right, we're just going to wait. And, and it really held up my construction. Uh, on Vibe, it was a different story. <laughs> so <laughs> the, the problem over at Vibe and the reason we didn't open Vibe earlier is that we were... Um, it's hard to get people excited when they can't see, when they can't see it. You're trying to get them excited yeah. about a dream. But, um, you know, we've just, we've gone through a lot of hiring. The flooring, by the way, is very different. It's kind of grunge, mm. cool. It's like the kind of, um, it's, it's sprayed on epoxy on the, the concrete. Very edgy. Oh, I like, like it. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. How has it been? Like, I'm, I'm assuming it's pretty different from like a marketing and hiring perspective, like hiring and marketing, hiring for Avalon for staff um, and also marketing to your clientele than it is to do the same at Vibe. So like, has it added any kind of challenges or like pressure on your workflow as an owner? Or do you have someone to help you with that? Like, how do you manage that? Because it's like almost doubling up the work really. Mm -hmm. Well, from the hiring perspective, I'm trying to spend more time going into schools because it's a unique opportunity for kids coming right out of school. We have designers in Avalon that double as designers, stylists, and educators. So mm -hmm. they're educating the vibe tribe is what we call them. Nice. Uh, so they have to do a lot of time over in Avalon before they can be let loose in vibe. So, uh, <laughs> Because even though it's a different atmosphere, a different product line, um, the value system is the same. Mm -hmm. They share a back room, by the way. So, oh, interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how does that play out? Do you find like the teams are kind of blending well together? I kind of had the same question for your guests as well, like meeting up in the cafe, like the bar cafe, like how how is that going as well? Well, it's really, you know, we're just, I can't really give you a solid answer yet because we've really only been open for a couple of months, but the feedback has been fantastic. And I've got a lot of five-star reviews where they're saying it just was a great overall experience and they love the new look and the new flow. Um, I think it's great because uh, going back to the back room, yeah. uh, it allowed me to give them a big back room. They have their own restroom now. This is something they never had at Avalon. <laughs> uh, they got a lot more space. I put myself in a tiny office so that my staff could have a bigger room because I feel like I, you know, I don't need that much space. And, and really there's going to be, when we, when we get it to full capacity again, there's going to be over 65 people, 70 people maybe working in this one facility. So um, but it's going well. The young people inspire the seasoned people, and the seasoned people give them the, their techniques and their tips. And it's just, it's really cool to see that camaraderie. Mm. 
You've mentioned so many great things and I'd love to kind of do like a quick fire round of highlights, just like even if it was like a kind of recap, you know, business wise, like what did you identify you wanted or needed more of by opening Vibe? Right. So with Vibe, I I really wanted to offer more options, not only for the clients, because I felt like there was no niche for teens and 20-somethings, a place that they could call their salon, right? Uh, It was almost like you have to go from Great Clips or Floyd's to a full-blown-out salon spa. So I wanted to find uh, a high-end salon created just for the younger set, a place where the music would be different, the ambiance would be different, the staff would be a little edgier, Mm-hmm. And uh, they could just have a lot of fun. We have a Ms. Pac-Man game in there for while they're waiting. It's just, nice. you know, it's weird and quirky and fun. Um, so there's that. But then I think another motivator for me was I wanted our staff to get a little younger, our staff to get a little edgier, a wake-up call for the staff. It's time mm. to try something new. I think we were all getting a little too comfortable. And so... And so you brought everyone out of their comfort zone. <laughs> yeah. From, I mean, yeah, I did. Yeah, we're going for a wild ride. And guess what? You're all coming with me. Um, but the seasoned stylists, as I mentioned earlier, uh, they need to make sure that these young stylists have all the tools they need to be successful. Mm. So regardless what side of the salon, you know, if you're on the Avalon side or if you're on the Vibe side, it all begins with an amazing consultation so we can figure out what the goals are and then, you know, signature shampoos. We're taking out some of the, uh, the extras, if you will, that are over on the Avalon side. So, for example, the young people really don't care about a hand massage or a hot towel treatment. They want to get in and get out. Right. And they want to do everything with their phone. So we're really taking tech to a whole new level over there. And we're able to bring these young people in and out a little bit quicker. So the price is lower. Everything is based on time at five. So you charge by the hour, I guess, or by increments? 15 minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. And and I guess like from a cultural point of view, like your, your core values, the culture you build in the salon, the team that you uh, build, the clientele you attract, um, were you trying to set up a whole new set of core values or were you trying to, I guess, bring in the core values from Avalon and just build a different culture around those? You know, it really started with, I felt like there was this missing hole that nobody, I, I started asking my industry friends in different states. I you know when I see them at, uh, different events, I would say, have you ever heard of a teen salon, a 20s, something for the 20s, something for the teens, young adults, anything like that? Um, Mm -hmm. And they're really, I just couldn't find anybody that was doing anything like that. So I was trying to tighten my belt and just say, okay, we're going to go for this because it's, it's one of those, it's going to, if somebody else is going to think of this, if I don't do it. So I knew that there was a need. And when I started talking to people within the community, when I started talking to my clients at Avalon, uh, they were like, God, I love that idea. So great. (laughs) So I just felt like I had enough support 
um, between my husband and my employees, my leadership team. They just were super excited about it like I was. So we just, we'll see how this plays out. So far, so good. When you look back at like when you set up Avalon in 20, 2001, um, did you have like any similar challenges? Like we, we ran a survey at Forest a couple of years ago, like asking salon owners, like what were the main challenges when you set up your salon? And there was like quite a few things that would come up again and again and again. So I'm curious to, to hear if while setting up Vibe, you came up against the sim- like similar challenges as you would have came up with Avalon in 2001, or if you just kind of had a better idea because you'd done it before and it wasn't as challenging or like what that kind of experience was like, I guess. So when we opened Avalon, we had 22 employees when we opened and we had 5,800 square feet. So it was like, hello. (laughs) (laughs) We we grew into our space, I'll say. Right. So that was a challenge that we definitely don't have on the vibe side because it's one big square box pretty much. Um, there's no place to hide. So (laughs) it's a different, it's a different physical layout. Um, but, uh, you know, the benefit that I had when we opened Avalon is we knew out of the gate, we were going to be in a Veda lifestyle. So we had that manufacturer product line, um, that drew our initial clients. We had great education through Aveda to help us get out of the gate successfully. And with Vibe, it's a whole new thing. So I'm just really learning the product lines that we're carrying at Vibe. So um, mm. the staff is real excited about it. And um, we're in the midst of all of us being trained at the same time on this. So um, <laughs> yeah. that's it's a little bit more of kind of running into a cave with a flashlight. We don't know exactly how it's going to shape, but we yeah. have every confidence that it's going to be successful. That's amazing. Out of, and this is like completely, you know, just popped into my mind now. In 2001, when you opened Avalon, did you open with a salon software? <laughs> yeah, so we did open with a software which will rename, remain nameless. I don't believe it's in existence anymore. Okay, so here's, here's the, the real question is like, do you find that, having technology evolved to the point where it's at today, 20 years later, do you find that it's like helped just like the, the, the idea of technology being evolved over 20 years, do you find that it's removed a lot of challenges opening up a new business? Absolutely. I mean, the technology of today is so great for the clients and for the staff. Of course, for me, right, the numbers don't lie. So I'm always watching the the trends that I'm seeing. So I know where I need to put more emphasis. Um, but for the staff to be able to get into the mindset of their workday and to be able to go to forest and see, okay, this is what's gonna what it's going to look like, it takes that anxiety away from them. They can come into it and kind of mentally prepare yeah. as they're driving into work. Um, and for the, for the clients, it's so awesome that they can just book online. They can take a look at the products. They can, you know, there's just, everything is right there at their hands. And especially with the client base that we're searching for, for Vibe, mm-hmm. um, it's everything is technology. So 
one of the things that I'm hoping to do is while they're sitting there waiting, um, they can go on their phones and order like a spritzer from the Avalon Cafe and somebody will just magically walk through the door and deliver it. I haven't figured out how to do that yet, but um, that's <laughs> right. the next. Right. And I'm sure that, you know what, you'll figure it out because you're a visionary leader and that's what visionary leaders do, right? They find innovative solutions uh, to make their dreams come true um, for themselves and their teams. So listen, Bonnie, um, this has been fantastic. I've been loving this conversation with you. Um, I have one more question for today and it's got to do with your position on the board of directors for the Professional Beauty Association. So obviously that position allows you to be on the leading edge of industry trends and products in a way few salon owners are. So what's something that could help fellow owners shape, refine, or revisit the long-term vision they have for their business? Is there anything you feel the industry isn't aware enough or needs to have eyes on coming into the second half of 2022? So what I would say to salon owners out there that are looking for more resources um, and a place where they can talk to people within our industry to learn and to grow is if you've not, if you're not a member of the Professional Beauty Association, become a member. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe the membership is only twenty five dollars. Uh, if for uh, for an upcoming event, actually, is what what I'm thinking. Of where I was going to go with this is there are so many resources with the Professional Beauty Association. An example of that is the Executive Summit, which is something that all salon owners need to. Uh, learn about is right leading through change and and guiding our teams towards success and we all want to know what's around the corner the executive summit is a great place to go where they are going to be discussing what's next uh and you can go in person it's going to be in scottsdale i think november 16th or 17th but the first thing to do is go to probeauty.org. Uh, everything is laid out for you there. You can become a member. I think it's $50 to become a member. Uh, and then there's, there's different types of memberships that you can participate in based on whatever your structure of your salon or you might be a salon of one is. But there's just so many resources there. You can find out about all of the issues that are affecting our industry. Uh, there's a special place for future leaders. Okay. Uh, these are the individuals that are going it alone. Um, there's a cosmetology compact, which is fascinating and is for, it would be of interest for anybody that is maybe wanting to move out of state and not have to go through uh, picking up CE hours to begin, become relicensed. Um, but there's just, there's a variety of toolkits. You can find out about the FICA tax, the tip fairness, Mm -hmm. which is something we've been fighting for, for years. If you don't know what that is, go to probeauty.org and find out more. There's just so many different resources. You can find out what, um, employee statistics. If you're a member, there's law updates, there's minimum wage by state, it just goes on and on. It's a great resource. You can find out, like, if you're going to build your employee handbook, 
um, yeah, all of that. It's a great place. And they have all kinds of industry events throughout the year and webinars that are uh, a great resource for yourself and for your teams. Amazing. So I'll have the link in the show notes today, but um, I'm just going to repeat it. Um, probeauty.org. Yeah. Um, Bonnie, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks so much for like sharing all of that with me. It's been so amazing. And honestly, I am itching to just like book a flight and go and visit. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a pleasure talking with you today, Zoe. Thanks so much for having me. And I can't wait till our next. I know, same here. And we will definitely, if we don't see each other before, we will definitely see each other at the Salon Owner Summit 2023. We're going to celebrate. Oh, yes. Celebrate. Yes, 100%. Thank you. So how are things going in your salon business? Are you being cautious, playing it safe? Uh, Do you believe that failure is to be avoided at all costs? And can you shift more towards feeling safe to have a go and experiment? Do you only listen to big personalities or tell others how to get things done? Or do you value the voices of your entire team and trust others to get things done? What does good look like for you when it comes to team success? If this is a topic of interest to you and you find yourself drawn to a visionary leadership style, according to Masterclass, visionary leaders typically have these five characteristics. They're forward-thinking, plan-oriented, effective at communicating, optimistic, and creative. Thanks for listening to Forest FM. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. As always, you can head over to forest.com forward slash FM to catch all the latest from the show, as well as check out the links and resources mentioned throughout the episode. And if you've got any feedback, be sure to let us know. Send us an email at forestfm at forest.com. Brought to you by Forest Salon Software. Forest FM episodes air weekly, sharing inspiring stories from the salon floor and amplifying community voices all over the globe. In your salon, we're at the heart of it. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z, Montreal's cutting-edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Great music makes great moments.